In the state of Florida, with a population of almost 22 million, there are 1,252 missing people. As of today, in the province of Ontario, with a population of 14.9 million, there are 780 missing people. Hello, I'm your host, Christina. And I'm your host, Sheena. Welcome to Milk Carton Cases, a missing persons podcast dedicated to unsolved missing person cases in Canada and the U.S. Today, I will be discussing the disappearance of 73-year-old Susie Tomasi, who went missing from Fort Pierce, Florida. And I will be discussing the disappearance of 37-year-old Elnaz Hajtamiri of Ontario. Asunta Susie Tomasi went missing from Fort Pierce, Florida on March 16th, 2018. So a little bit about Florida. Have you been to Florida? Yes. A what, couple times. Where have you been in Florida? Um, Orlando and Miami. Oh, nice. Well, then you can help me out with this then. So for anyone who doesn't know, Florida is in the southeastern part of the United States and sits between the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean. It also has the second longest coastline in the United States. Oh, cool. Do you, second, who's a... F- do you have a guess? California? That's a pretty good guess. I think they're third. It is Alaska. Oh. Forget it about it all the way up there. Yeah. Yep. Shoot. Okay, cool. Uh, so most of Florida is at sea level, but more than that, it's also the flattest state in the country. Oh, yeah. Which kind of makes sense if you think about it. But I don't know. In my mind, it was always Kansas or like Nebraska or like, you know, one of the middle ones. Yeah. But it's Florida. I would have thought it was a middle state. But Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Okay. Does that mean that they get flooded more? Yeah. So it's like, uh, well, most of it's like pretty swampy just because it is at sea level. So floods are going to be a little bit worse than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Cool. So when I think of Florida, I think of Walt Disney World. Yes. And retirees. Yes. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, when I went to Orlando, it was to go to uh, Disney Disney World. World. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is the state with the highest percentage of people over 65. So. Not surprised. Not surprised. Mm -hmm. But it's nice to have that little confirmation. Okay. (laughs) So it's not just a theory. It's a fact. It's a fact. (laughs) That's right. Um, So kind of fitting in with that, we're going to be talking about 73-year-old Asunta Tomasi, who went by Susie. So she left the Quilted Giraffe, which was a restaurant that she owned with her husband at 5.40 p.m. What kind of restaurant is that? I didn't look it up. I really should have, but okay. I did not. Um, just a couple of minutes later, people saw her walking in the South Vero Square Plaza, which wasn't that unusual since she would usually walk to the nearby family dollar that was in the plaza. However, just 20 minutes later, her husband Patrick realized that she was missing and went to go look for her. So you might be thinking that not a lot of time has passed between her leaving and him being concerned, right? It's only 20 minutes. Yeah. It's not not too long. Um, but one thing that you should know is that Susie had dementia. Oh, okay. So it was a little confusing. And from all the articles, it actually sounded like she would usually walk to the family dollar by herself because it wasn't that far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wouldn't be gone for very long. So I'm not necessarily sure what was it was that made him worried this time. It's like, maybe yeah. I read the articles wrong and she didn't usually go by herself or she would like tell him she would be there. You know, it's like where she wouldn't be gone for 20 minutes. I don't know. But 
there was something about this time that made him concerned. But she usually walked to the uh, the Dollar General by herself? Is That's it? what the articles made it sound like. I don't know it's if I was just, like, reading the articles wrong or, like, interpreting them wrong. But okay. regardless. After 20 minutes, he started getting worried. Yeah. Okay. And so he knew that she would usually walk to the Family Dollar. So he walked to the plaza. But by the time he got there, she was nowhere to be found. So it didn't take very long for people to begin looking for her, and they were joined by helicopters, K-9 units, and all-terrain vehicles to search the nearby wooded areas hoping to find her. Whoa. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's like, went all in. Yeah. Um, However, uh, I couldn't find that an alert had been issued. Silver? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, So we have talked about silver alerts in previous episodes. Uh, Do you remember... What silver alerts are. It's like I have a little refresher, just in case. (laughs) Give me the refresher. Okay. Um, So they're issued statewide when an elderly person who has a mental disability, such as dementia or Alzheimer's, goes missing. Um, So sound familiar? Yes. Perfect. Um, So as we've talked about before, all the different alerts are extremely specific and they all vary from state to state. Right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, at least as of 2018... In Florida, silver alerts were only issued to the whole state if a senior citizen with a mental disability went missing in a vehicle. Oh, my God. Yep. We're so there was no issue, no alert issued for her. Since Susie was walking when she disappeared, Indian River County Sheriff's Office could only search in a one-mile radius from where the 911 call was made. So it sounds like... these laws are so hard to read so i don't know maybe i was reading it wrong but it sounded like they could still issue the silver alert but it would only be good for a one mile radius of the 911 call so it wouldn't be issued to the entire state like what most alerts are issued as okay it would just be to the specific area okay so cell phone towers of people who are within yeah i think that was that was how i interpreted that okay so it wouldn't go out to everybody but just within this one mile because they're assuming if you're on foot you're not going to make it very far i guess what if you got into a car or onto a bus but we are going to get there Mm -hmm. (laughs) um the family did make a petition to change the current law but i could not figure out what happened there was one article that i saw but i got blocked by looking at too many articles at once and i did not want to pay to subscribe (laughs) so that's fair. Maybe maybe one day we'll figure it out. Okay. Um, so over a year later, police released surveillance footage showing Susie getting into the passenger side of a white pickup truck. There you go. Exactly as mm-hmm. you called it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the surveillance footage was from a storefront in the plaza. So that's how they could see where she was, what was going on, that kind of stuff. Uh, The video showed the driver rolling down the window and talking to her before she got inside the truck and it pulled away, heading toward highway, uh, heading towards the highway, US-1, in case anyone's familiar with Florida highway systems. It's just a highway that runs north to south along the coast of Florida. So it sounds like a pretty big highway. Yep. Yeah, I think it goes all the way up the east coast, but I could be wrong. Okay. That's... Yeah, pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's been able to identify who the driver is, but other footage shows that the truck had been in the area several times before Susie's disappearance. So, 
could just be a coincidence. You know, maybe they just live in the area. They're just, you know, going to those stores frequently. Like, it's unknown. Hmm. But they're hoping they release the footage. Yeah. And they're uh, hoping that somebody recognizes the car. Right, exactly. Uh, or that the driver will just be like, oh, yeah, I picked her up. Dropped her here. Right. Yeah. That they'll just get some more information from that. Uh, so there was a multi-agency search throughout Florida, and it even extended into neighboring states. Searchers included patrol units, SWAT teams, and agricultural and marine units. Investigators say that they have tracked down more than 100 leads. The lead investigator on the case, Detective Mike Dilks, said, I've contacted agencies all the way as far away as New Jersey, North Carolina, throughout Georgia, west coast of Florida, as far as somebody thinks that they've seen her. So they're like, they're looking. Yeah. That's kind of impressive. It's like usually we don't hear about, right, it's like usually we don't hear about, you know, different agencies contacting each other and actually working together quite as much as in this case. Um, So... A description. Uh, Susie Tomasi is a 73-year-old white female with blonde hair and brown eyes. She's 5'8", 140 pounds. She was last seen wearing a black leather jacket with a blue and white striped shirt, black pants, gold wedge heels, sunglasses, a Rolex watch, and expensive jewelry with a large black purse that has a multicolored polka-dotted scarf attached. You said gold wedges? Yeah, gold wedge heels. Yeah. But it's just like a color. Yeah. No, 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 I know. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because she's an older lady with dementia and she's wearing heels. Right, so it's like maybe her dementia wasn't that bad. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah, it's like, I have no idea. But the Rolex and to walk on her own. I don't know. And having dementia, like all those things. Mm -mm. I was just going to, or sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was just going to say it. The restaurant was called The Quilted Giraffe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I Googled it really quick. It's a fine dining restaurant. That's what I'm, that's what's coming up. And it says that it's established in, it first was established in Midtown Manhattan. Oh, no. So this is going to be a different one. So uh, her husband actually closed the restaurant oh. soon after she disappeared. Oh. So. Okay. Uh, so with the release of the new video and how busy the plaza seemed to be on the day Susie disappeared... Her husband, Patrick, said, that's why we are pleading to everybody. Somebody saw something. Don't be afraid. Her family is offering a $10,000 reward for information and $2,000 reward for her return. And anyone with information is asked to contact the Indian River County Sheriff's Office at 772-978-6120. Take a break. Sounds good. All right. We're back. All right. This time I am taking us to Ontario, which I have covered cases in Ontario before, but this one specifically came to our attention because it's kind of all over the news right now in Canada. It's the story. The case has just begun, basically. But before I get into the case of Elnas, I'm going to bring you back to Ontario a little bit. So do you remember anything about Ontario? Any facts? Um, well, I know it's in Canada. Yes. Uh, so I feel good. like that's a good starting point. Yes. Um, um, do you know if it's on the, like, more towards the east side, the west side, the center? Isn't it like 
Central East. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, okay. So Ontario covers 1 million square kilometers. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's big. I mean, all of our provinces are. Is it the biggest uh, one? No. I don't think so. Oh, it's the second largest province. There we go. Huh. In Canada. Coming after Quebec. Nice. Woo woo. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge population, as I was saying earlier. I mentioned the population in Ontario is 14.9 million. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a lot. It That's it. Like yeah. Um, so Ontario has approximately 250,000 lakes. Yeah. And it's estimated to have. 20% of the world's freshwater stores. Wow. Cool, right? Mm-hmm. And last little fact, uh, their official flower is the trillium. Nice. Do you know what the trillium is? I do. Oh, is... I didn't. It's pretty. <laughs> it is pretty. Is it yeah. like a little white flower? Yeah, it's like three leaves. Mm-hmm. I even had to look it up. Yeah, it's really pretty. <clears throat> so although my case takes place in Ontario, this victim story begins in Iran. 37-year-old Elnaz Hajtamiri was born and lived most of her life in Iran. She was married, um, but soon became a widow after she was married in the year of 2017, when her husband died. This was, as you can imagine, a very difficult time in her life and ultimately was the motivation for her to move to Canada and then on to Richmond Hill. That's specifically where she lives, lived um, in Ontario. And this was about a year after the loss of her husband. Now, why Canada? Why Ontario, you might ask? Mm-hmm. Well, she had family there. That makes sense. And uh, according to this source, um, she was extremely excited and was looking forward to moving to Canada, being with family, having a pretty good support system. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so she moved to Canada. I guess it was 2018. Okay. Once she got to Ontario, she began working as an import-export admin. Um, but she eventually would leave that industry to start her own uh, her own company in the cake-making business. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and she was really happy about that, doing something on her own. So aside from work and family, she was also said to have dated a man, a 34-year-old man from Montreal by the name of Mohamed Lilo. I say date it mm-hmm. because their relationship reportedly ended in October of last year. Okay. December 20th, 2021. Elnaz was attacked at her home parking garage by two unidentified men with a frying pan. Whoa. Yeah. So they reportedly attacked her, dragged or dragged, dragged. her out of her car and beat her over the head with the frying pan cracking her skull, leaving her with 35 to 40 stitches across her head. Oh, my God. Yeah. Pretty intense attack, all happening in her her parking garage. And, of course, after the attack, they hopped in their car and they drove off. And the reason why um, it was... Why it's known is because, well, for one, she survived Mm -hmm. the attack. And two, there was uh, surveillance footage that caught the car uh, image of the car it's not super clear if the footage is from them leaving the parking garage but they have evidence 
photo evidence of both suspects. So that happens to her. Later after her recovery, Elnaz went to her car dealership where she leased her car originally to have it inspected. Not really sure what led to to making her want to get it inspected, but I think from what it sounds like, it was just kind of a general maintenance situation. Mm -hmm. And once they were doing the inspection, they discovered two uh, GPS tracking devices on her car. Whoa. Obviously, that was removed. And after her attack, she reported it to the police. And the police eventually, after the tracking devices were discovered, brought her car in to investigate further. And they found a third oh my goodness. device on her car. Holy crap. All that being said, once all this was done, when she brought her car in to have it inspected, she decided to buy back the lease like mm-hmm. she she had leased it and she ended up buying back her car so now the car is hers with no tracking devices after the purchase of her car and following the attack and the seizing of her vehicle and finding the other <laughs> tracking device she decides i'm not going back to richmond Hill where she used to live she's gonna go she's gonna pack her stuff up and go live with her family about uh, it's like an hour and a half away from where she originally was living okay. in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. So she moves with her family there. And then on January 12th, 2022, at 8.30 p.m. at her family's home, three black men in police gear enter her family home claiming to have a warrant for Elnaz's arrest. They grab hold of her. It doesn't take very long for her family to be suspicious and start asking questions. And throughout all this... The men are just being extremely aggressive and and trying to pull her out of the house. So one of the family members steps in, basically tries to stop these men from taking her. Right. And there's an altercation and they still manage to get away with her. Meanwhile, another family member calls 911. They end up dragging her out in the snow, barefoot, and pulling her off into a white Lexus SUV (laughs) and driving off into the night. Goodness. Yeah. So, um, so they peel off into the night. That's that's pretty much the story of her disappearance as of right now. That's insane. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm just going to go over some of the details. During the first assault, the police released photos of the two suspects. So suspect number one is, they say, between 25 and 30 years old, about six feet, two inches tall with a medium build short brown hair wearing surgical a surgical mask of mm-hmm. course um a clam a camouflage puff jacket and dark pants the suspect number two same age group 25 to 30 about 510 medium build wearing dark hooded jacket with a surgical mask so during the investigation of the first attack the police were able to determine that the suspect's vehicle was actually stolen so they found the suspect found their vehicle and they found it in the area and they have the car in custody as of today they have the car they don't have the peep the suspects mm-hmm. was there any way to maybe i'll get to this later but was there any way to like trace back the tracking device and see like who would have put it there that's a really good question and i would hope so and maybe that's part of their investigation maybe that's what they're trying to because that's not maybe it's some information that they're holding on to maybe interesting but a tracking yeah because it has to relay the information to something right i wonder i don't know Hmm. Mm. okay so on january 21st elnaz's 
ex-boyfriend, remember I mentioned him, mm-hmm. Mohamed Lilo, January 21st, 2022, he gets charged for criminal harassment. And this happens nine days after her kidnapping. So, so was it was it harassment against her? Yes. Yes. Okay. So th- what it says in the article is that the alleged victim is Elnaz for the criminal harassment. Okay. It, that, feels, then, that feels late, though, doesn't it? Like, if you are getting arrested for harassment, wouldn't it have Maybe been- they weren't able to prove he was connected. Um... I don't know. No, that doesn't. You're doesn't right. that no, feel doesn't weird? Sense. <sighs> that you're being arrested like nine days after the person that you're supposed to have harassed is missing. Yeah. So then maybe there's more. Um, hmm. I feel like I'm missing something. Okay. Well, there's got there's there's something that I'm missing. Forgive me. But yes, so he is arrested for criminal harassment against Elnaz. Okay. I just... We're gonna move on. You're gonna move on. All right. On the 22nd of February, Mohammed has a virtual court hearing. And I just wanted to explain, because I don't know... Do you know what criminal harassment consists of? Like, would you be able to kind of figure that out? I mean, I have guesses, but I don't actually know. Okay. Well, I'll tell you. Perfect. Glad you asked. (laughs) So the Canadian Resource Center for Victims of Crime have it described as, um, so they have the actual law written, um, the explanation. So criminal harassment. No person shall, without lawful authority and knowing that another person is harassed or recklessly as to whether the other is harassed, engage in conduct referred to... I'm gonna do, you wanna, s- do you want to say this in English? <laughs> I'm going to... Yeah, so I was going to skip over and say, it's there, but in other words, stalking. Okay, that's kind of what I would have yeah. assumed. Me too. So, um, yeah, that's what he's being charged for. And then all of that happens, and he is still going... He's going to have to go reappear back in court in the month of April coming up, regarding this again. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, in this article, it does claim or it hints to the fact that he's connected to the first attack. Mm-hmm. And then for that reason, they believe that he's most likely connected to the second ki- attack and kidnapping of Elnaz. Right. So maybe the whole appearing in court thing and for those the charges of criminal harassment is a way to keep him... But you wouldn't have in you would have to have something to charge him. They're not just gonna well, yeah, make, take the, him to court. The harassment. I don't. I really. It's like unless maybe she had like maybe her family a restraining order against him or something like that. W- but that would have been there. Yeah, I would think so. It would have been explained too that he broke that law. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. It is weird. So in this article, it does say that the alleged criminal harassment occurred in the weeks leading up to her disappearance, mm-hmm. but I don't know why they would not arrest him before this. I don't. I wonder if it's like, uh, I listen to a stalking podcast and there's so many people in there who say that like the police say that they can't do anything until something happens. I wonder if like, 
Hmm. They if just, that has something to do with it. They just didn't do anything until something happened. Yeah, but she was attacked I the know, first time. Exactly, but maybe but they it wasn't by prove him that it was him or connected to him. Right. I'm wondering. So yeah, this article here. Um, yeah. So, Verve Times, one of the articles that covers the arrest of her ex-boyfriend, says um, the lawyer representing her family say that her ex-boyfriend was charged for crim- with criminal harassment nine days after her kidnapping. Hmm. And then on the 21st of January, he's charged and then appears virtually in court on the 22nd of February. And I don't... The OPP cannot and would never confirm the identity identity of a victim in a case of criminal harassment. But then later on, her lawyer basically confirms that it was her. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like they're holding on to information. Yeah. But it sounds by, by reading through all this and like reading through the lines that there's a connection. I mean, it sounds that way. Mm-hmm. All that to say... Um, this is very, very recent. If anybody knows anything that would be really crucial, especially so early in mm-hmm. a missing person case. So, you know, the hopes are really high and as they should be. So she's 37 years old, 5'3", slim build, uh, shoulder length, black hair. She was last seen wearing gray and black leggings with a long sleeve top in Wasaga Beach, Ontario, around 8.30 p.m. And she was taken by three men dressed as police officers in a white SUV. And there's footage of the white SUV uh, zooming off, so I will post that as well. Also, the family is urging uh, urging anyone in the neighborhood to release any security footage that they may have over to them, to the police. All that being said, if you have any information, you can call the tip line. 1833728315 1833728315 or crime stoppers at 1-800-222-8477 and if you see the vehicle they're saying please don't approach it and just call 911 that makes sense yeah and you can also if you're on twitter or on any form of social media you can search the hashtag bring elnaz home well i think that's pretty much it Yes. For us then. So yes. if you have any comments or you want to rate or review, you can yep. do that on any of the podcast platforms. Absolutely. And our Instagram account is also at Cases Milk, just like our Twitter account. That's not super confusing. And our email address is milkcartoncases at gmail.com. That's not confusing. Hit us up. Thanks. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, we will be back next month. Mm -hmm. The first Friday. Thursday. I I thought you said it for Thursday. (laughs) I was hoping you were going to film me. You said said Thursday. (gasps) We're going to be consistent from now on. I swear to God. Um, Next month on the first Thursday, there will be a new episode released really early in the morning. Uh, For all you people who are working on Fridays and are looking for a new episode to listen to your favorite podcast, Milk Carton Cases, it'll be out. That's right. And from now on, we are going to stick to that rule the first Thursday of every month. All right.
right. And anything else, Christina? Last words? I think that's it. Okay. Cookie saying bye. That's my dog. Do you hear that? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Okay. See you then. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.